What is going on, Panthers Nation? Carolina Dad here, host of the Two Growls, One Roar podcast, and I am back with my second episode of the week, this time giving you a preview of the Carolina Panthers versus the New York football giants. Welcome to the show, everyone. A big week two preseason matchup is the Carolina Panthers go against the second team from New York. So the the Panthers are traveling up to New York, or should we say New Jersey, at MetLife Stadium. They'll play Friday at 7 o'clock Eastern time. Unfortunately, folks, I am not going to be able to watch this game live. I wish I could, but I have a commitment with my wife. We are going to the Tyler Childers concert here in Wilmington, North Carolina, our first date since having Pearson. So it's been, what, six, six and a half months Very much looking forward to it. You know, though, that I'm going to be tracking the game on my phone, looking at ESPN, looking at Twitter, so y'all send everything out so I know what the heck is going on, and then on Saturday, I'll actually go back and re-watch the game, and then from there, maybe Sunday or Monday, give you the recording. I'm trying to figure out, you know, I think the preseason was a really good test for me to decide how I wanted to move this forward. In the offseason, one episode per week is really the sweet spot for me. Just from a logistical standpoint, it's much easier for me to carve out one hour of my time on a Monday or Sunday night and get this thing out. Now when I'm talking about doing an additional episode during the week, it just makes things a, a little bit more complicated because you now have to start thinking about, okay, well, when am I going to record the second episode? And I'm thinking now, like this week's a little bit weird, but maybe Friday morning before I go to work, I wake up at like five in the morning and record or Friday night. You would love, or I would love to be able to record it all at once. So the game ends, I do a recap, and then we take a look ahead at the next, the next team. It's, it's not really going to be possible to do that because there's so many things that happen over the course of the week, like even this week, and we'll talk about everything that we've heard through all the updates from Reich, the rest of the coaches, some of the players, and those things can change our outlook or expectations as we head into the game. And so I'm like, well, I'm not going to really be able to sit here and do all this recording at once, not to mention from a timing perspective. I always say my sweet spot's like 30 minutes. If I can hit 30 minutes in an episode, I'm doing great. I say if I can contain myself to 30 minutes. There's a lot of times I just sit on here and ramble. Not not truly rambling, but like I just go and go and go. And once I get into that like 45 minute to hour range, it's a little bit little bit longer, clearly. And you never think about it when you're outside of a podcast, like when you're just listening to another podcast. 
podcast, you know, an hour episode or whatever it is, you never sit there and think like, oh yeah, as you're recording this, that's 30 minutes to an hour of my life that's gone as I <laughs> I'm sitting here and do this. Now, I love to do this. It's just like the rhythm of of how things go and some of the things you don't think about. So if you're ever thinking about joining or making it, or should say, creating a podcast, let me know. I got all kinds of tips and tricks I'll give you. Anyways, let's get back to, to focus here. So I think ideally I will do two games but or two episodes per week. But when I do that, the other thing is it's like how many people are going to ingest it. So like I'm tracking all the data from my shows right now. They perform really well on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. That's because it's my normal release schedule or at least two or three days, four days after when I move this in and I I'm recording a preview. Now there's going to be people that come back and consume this when I, when I do this, but at some point this is going to become stale or a little bit stale. And it's like, okay, how many people are actually going to come back that that don't listen to this on Friday, Saturday, or Sunday and want to listen to it again? Like, I'm not going to go back and listen to a pregame show podcast. I don't go ever go back and like, oh, yeah, let me go watch the NFL Network's pregame show or Fox or CBS or NBC or ESPN of the game. I hardly ever, until I did this, even considered rewatching a football game. And now it seems like that's what my life is going to be. <laughs> but whatever. I digress. So it's a decision I'll have to make. You probably don't care. I'm just going to keep pumping out the content, all Carolina Panthers, to get you ready. Let's dive into the game. Actually, let's not dive into the game because what we need to dive into is everything that happened this week and a lot of that is driven around injury updates the biggest news that we had this past week is that demir bird has been placed on season ending ir this means that he is done for the year for the carolina panthers it is possible for him to make a return but he would make a return, get a settlement with us, and then another team could pick him up. So he is not coming back to the Carolina Panthers. Very unfortunate news for him. He looked good in spurts in camp. We know he had the abilities as a specialist in the return game. We saw flashes of highlights when we were there with him in the passing game as a receiver. We also know he burned us last year when he was on the Atlanta Falcons. So for him not to get that chance feel bad for him. I know he, you know, he's played here before coming back to the Panthers. He wanted to leave an imprint and it doesn't look like he'll be able to do that this year to help out. Cause there's quite a few guys that are injured in the cornerback room right now, not our, our primary guys, but just to add more depth, when we moved him to IR, we signed cornerback Colin Duncan. So that was your transaction that occurred, the corresponding transaction to keep us at 90 total players. Now that wasn't the only news that we got this week in regards to injuries. So let's talk about the injuries that have occurred. First one on the list, Terrace Marshall Jr. So this happened and I posted, I posted a video about it when the news came out, but this happened earlier in the week in practice Terrace Marshall was carted off the field, 
reports came out and they made it seem a lot more serious. Not that it isn't serious, but a lot more serious than it was. He's carted off the field. I kind of talked about that. You know, Adam Schefter tweets it out and like, yeah, he was carted off the field, but he was sitting in the front of the cart. So let's add some context. After, you know, back and forth week, a lot of our media was asking coach like, hey, what's the status? What's the status? And he says, it's going to be a minute. We're just evaluating. Never a good sign when you have to evaluate and let things rest. Well, got the update. Sounds like right now Terrace Marshall is going to miss a little bit of time. It's hard to know the full extent of what that's going to be, but if I'm a guessing man, I'd say he's out. He's done for the preseason with a hope that he could be back and ready in time to start the season, if not by game one, by week two. So that's kind of the the, the overview I've got and some of the, thing, the, the media that I've seen post about that. We also had veteran backup Andy Dalton missing some time with a back injury. We do not or expect him to play this week. So let's talk about the quarterbacks that are going to get some playing time. Bryce Young. Bryce Young will be getting playing time. Similar playing time to what he had last week. So that was about three series. Anticipate the same. You know, this this is my take, and I posted this too. It's not going to happen. But if I was the coach... I know Andy Dalton's not going to play, but if I was the coach, I'm going to start Matt Corral or Jake Lutton. You're not going to start Jake Lutton, but start Matt Corral. Let us see, at least for one series, how this offensive line is going to hold up because the New York Giants defense is a force to be reckoned with. They have big guys across the line. They run some pretty exotic schemes compared to our vanilla approach, as I like to say. So don't put Bryce back there to get hurt. It's not going to happen. We know Bryce is going to start. And then he'll get his, you know, one or two series. Then we can expect a lot of the workload to shift again to Matt Corral. So this is, you know, we've said coming in that this is Matt Corral's audition, his audition for us as a backup, his audition to other teams in the NFL. So you'll get to see a lot. Jake Lutton, I anticipate may get, you know, just from what I've seen through some of the media outlets, He's got a few more throws at practice this week. So we could see Jake Lutton in, you know, the third or or not the third, probably like the fourth quarter is what I anticipate, depending on the flow of the game. Another guy that's going to probably miss the rest of preseason is Miles Sanders, still battling the hamstring injury. Miles or groin injury, excuse me. You know, we want him to be healthy going in, but you start to, you know, look over at at what's happening on this roster. And you're like, this roster that was really good on paper, competitive on paper, you got to have the players available and ready to play in order for this thing to work. So he's likely out, going to miss the rest of the preseason, as I said. So that means more work for Chuba Hubbard, for Raheem Blackshear. And there is a true competition at that for the number two running back spot between Blackshear and Chuba Hubbard, and you also throw in Spencer Brown, who got a pretty good look last week. So I anticipate the same same kind of workload coming across there. Excuse me. We talk about our favorite position, right guard, which the whole offensive line was terrible last week, but the right guard position was really the position where we were hurting the most. So this week, we got a decent look at some of our rookies, Chandler Zavala, who we drafted out of NC State, and then Nash Jensen. So both of these guys are going to be available coming off injury. We both know that they've worked with the ones a little bit at the right guard position. Cade Mays 
uh, coming off a neck injury, likely not going to be playing this year. But, you know, the the words of, of Reich were very bullish on Cade and very thankful he's on the roster is what Reich said. I think the biggest thing we've learned is that Austin Corbett needs to get back as quickly as possible and healthy. That's what we need. We know he is an integral piece to this starting offensive line that was put together last year. But this week, I wouldn't expect as we to look at the offensive line and talk about you know what we have there. I think we may see a little bit of Justin McRae. Michael Jordan, I hope we do not see too much of. And I know a lot of Panthers fans will say that because there was a rotation that went in there and Michael Jordan got beat quite a few times. And you expect the Giants to, you know, I don't think they're going to give us this vanilla approach that we are going to potentially give them. It's not going to happen. They're going to be running the stunts, the same things that the Jets were doing, maybe even a little more exotic. And we're going to have to prove that we're able to to make the stops and adjust accordingly, you know, with the protections. So don't, I wouldn't anticipate them letting up at all. Our specialist updates. So we still likely Eddie Pinheiro is going to be sitting out the rest of camp or, uh, you know, training camp and the preseason is my guess. Matthew Wright. Hey, maybe if we actually get into field goal range or score a touchdown, we'll get to see him. But he will be your kicker. Johnny Hecker, punter, and J.J. Jansen, long snapper. So that's kind of your general update. I was going out to see there weren't really any other uh, players that were highlighted on the by the Panthers on the on their website. Is you know with with players that are not going to be available. And when we now, I promise you, I am not going to continue to harp on this, but I will harp on it for the last time. And this is for everyone in this fan base that says the preseason means nothing. I agree. The outcome of the preseason truly means nothing in, in the grand scheme of things. We know the Ravens haven't lost a preseason game in, what, 23, 24 games, something insane. We know that there have been teams that were very successful. Look at the Chicago Bears from last year. In the preseason, I think they went undefeated, and then they finished the worst overall team in the league. We've seen teams that were terrible in the preseason do well, go on to win Super Bowls. So, you know, it goes back and forth. But the variance between, you know, if you just look at last year, there were teams that were good in the preseason that were also good in the regular season. Teams that were bad in the preseason that were good and or bad it's there's not a, a true rocket you know a true uh when I say rocket science it's not rocket science there's not a true you know way to to peg one thing or the other and i think teams just we've gotten to a point where we like to say that we like to say oh yeah it's just the preseason let's write it off if you watched hard knocks if you watched hard knocks this this past week so you got to see one Jets coming into Spartanburg, joint practice at Wofford, which is a good experience. Then moving out, we got to see the in-game action where we already knew the outcome of, of the game. What you didn't get to see, you know, watching the game live or if you went back and watched it, is what happened on the sideline and in the locker room. Those coaches and players wanted to win. They wanted to impose their will on our team. First string, second string, third string, fourth string, it does not matter. 
And those are the difference makers between an okay team and a good team and a good team and an excellent team and a bad team, a bad team that's not able to, you know, put all those things together. So if you looked at how they approached it at halftime, there's coaches were fired up in there telling them to close it out, finish the game. They wanted to, you know, pitch pitch a shutout as it got late into the fourth quarter. You mean to tell me that our staff, Frank Wright, Brett Thomas Brown, Jero Ibero, all the coaches on this staff, Deuce Staley, went into our locker room at halftime and said, Hey, hey guys, it's okay. You know, I know we're getting beat, but don't worry. Don't worry, it's just the preseason. I can guarantee you our coaching staff did not do that. These are football players, NFL players that want to win. So I'm not putting it on one group or the other. And yes, in the grand scheme of things, am I concerned about this team? No, not today. I'm not concerned right now going to let things ride out because I know once we have the full 11 starters on offense and defense that we have potential. We have a lot of potential. And as long as we're healthy, I know that we are a good football team. But I just want to see some effort. I want to see some effort from this team this week. One, can we get a score? I mean, outside of, you know, having this proposal of having Matt Corral start over Bryce Young. The other thing about it is you put Bryce Young out there. I don't care if, or he does go against the second or third string on the New York Giants. Like, so be it. Let him build some momentum. Let him get into a rhythm. I know you have to think about, okay, I'm going to avoid injuries or stupid plays or things like that. But let my man go out there, just get a little bit of energy get some drives going so these things will translate. I do think when you have a rookie quarterback who has not had NFL experience, you go out here and he plays three series, three series, and then how long is he going to play against Detroit? Are you maybe playing him for a quarter or the first half? Hopefully. We'll see. Much more to come, but that's my take. Now, when we talk about the offensive playbook in the scheme. One thing that I failed to mention and it's a terrible job on my part is the play calling of the coaching staff. So we know, and I've talked about Frank Wright is the play caller primarily, you know, he is the play caller, Thomas Brown looking to eventually take over those duties. There's no timetable or anything set in stone, but in the second half of last week's game against the jets, that was Thomas Brown calling the plays. And Wright said he's a natural, he's a natural play caller. And that's what you want to see as you as you work through and get these guys developed. That is one thing in the preseason that you do have the opportunity to do. We've seen it with other coaches allowing assistants to coach the full game just to get that real game experience that you really can't replicate. So same thing is going to happen this week. Frank Wright is going to call the first half of the game. Thomas Brown is going to be calling the second half. I don't think the playbook's going to be opened up anymore one way or the other. It still sounds like the vanilla approach is the way that we're going. Nothing too exotic, not giving anything away. I'd love for us to give something away, like just just tease us a little bit. But I'll go back to what I said in the last episode. Like you can be you can be vanilla and you can run the ball and run the ball and run the ball, which 
likely will need to be the identity of our team. If you think that we're going to sit back there, especially if the offensive line is a little bit shaky and have Bryce dropping back the past 30, 40 times a game, I don't think that's the case. I think we're going to be leaning heavily on the run. And that brings up a good just overall question, and I'll get into our wide receiver and just kind of some some general depth chart updates here in a second. But when you think about the running back position, I know I had, in my mind, I was like, yeah, we don't need Dalvin Cook. We don't need Ezekiel Elliott. We don't need Kareem Hunt. But like, why not? Like, why not? If you're going to make a move, why not go get the best available guy? And I know each guy's kind of got their own thing that's with them and you know, maybe one wants more money, whatever it is. But if Fitter is going to be in on every single you know, decision, discussion, whatever it is, why not do that? Because what we've found out now is that old wide receiver room that I was harping about for months, folks. I said month after month after month that our wide receiver room was crowded, crowded, crowded. And then we get into training camp and we have all of these injuries occurring. And what was once a crowded Wide receiver room is now far from crowded. It's the opposite end of crowded. So taking a look, very, you know, just updating with what we have. DJ Chark, he's okay. He's available. Jonathan Mingo, this isn't a big opportunity for him. So with Terrace Marshall, and I know they're not really aligned to the same position, but with Terrace Marshall missing time, Demir Bird out, Shy Smith potentially missing time. He's battling, you know, kind of day to day. That puts Jonathan Mingo on the list really as your day one starter. Adam Thielen is healthy. LaVisca Chenault, he's a guy that's not really been mentioned, but when you talk about the receivers that we have on this roster, DJ Chark, your vertical threat, Adam Thielen, your slot guy, Jonathan Mingo, more of the big body build, and we know about the tight end position. LaVisca Chanel, not a true route runner. Yes, he can run routes, but he's more, like we said, the Debo model. You know, he's going to be in the backfield some. He's going to be taking handoffs. We look at what's behind that, and the door's open. The door's open a little bit. It's cracked for some of these guys. The guy that I had pegged on my list as a sleeper was Derek Wright. He performed pretty well last week. He's performed well in count. The name's come up quite a bit. He's battling an injury, a knee injury. So I don't know if he's going to have enough in him without being out there to to be able to make the step. You have Javon Wims, name that really hasn't been talked about a lot. Talked about him a little bit when he was signed. He is slowly going to be creeping up. Saw him a little bit last week, but he's another fringe player. So if you think about what we have today, DJ, Adam, Jonathan Mingo, LaVisca Chenault, Terrace Marshall, that six spot, because I do believe we're going to carry six, is wide open. Shai Smith, Javon Mims, or Wims, excuse me, Derek Wright, CJ Saunders is lower, Gary Jennings and Josh Van lower on that list. I don't know that they'd make the cut. But it's open. The door is open for them. Time will tell. I mean, this is the the... I wish, you know, all these guys were healthy and we weren't in this position, but then it goes back to, okay, now if one of these other guys goes down, what are we going to do? And we're running out of options. So looking out over the depth chart, so I, you know, really looking at, or I was looking at the offense, there's no outside. I talked about right guard and the battle that's going on there. Defensive side of the ball, 
we still expect similar, you know, similar competition going on at the outside linebacker, really what we call the backup. Brian Burns starter, Justin Houston starter, but Marquise Haynes Sr., Kobe Jones, Barno, Etor, Grossmatos, and DJ Johnson. So those you've got really, what is that, seven guys competing for four to five. I'd say we'll keep five, maybe four or five spots. I talked a little bit about the cornerback position earlier. J.C. Horn, Dante Jackson, Keith Taylor, C.J. Henderson. We know that the third and fourth string, there have been some injuries, which is why we made a few of the the plays that we made or uh, moves that we made on the roster. Closing out today's episode, let's take a look at the New York football giants. So I talked about their production last week, you know, looking head to head and it's the preseason. I will throw that caveat, but last week the giants passed for about 162 yards rushed for 81 yards so outperformed us there. Yards allowed, they allowed 328 total yards, and we allowed 348 total yards. I don't know that we'll see Daniel Jones or Saquon Barkley. Last week, Tommy DeVito was their primary passer. He was 15 to 24, 155 yards. Also saw a little bit of Tyrod Taylor, but it looks like DeVito got most of the reps. The rushing attack was across the board. Just Sean Corbin had three carries for 40 yards. Quarterback DeVito had four for 11. James Robinson, Eric Gray, Tyrod Taylor, Khalil Pimpleton, Matt Breida all had a few carries themselves. Receiving as well, David Seals was the leading receiver with yardage. Cole Beasley, Jamison Crowder, Tommy Sweeney. I don't know what I, from like a prediction standpoint, last week I predicted that the Panthers were going to win. Now it's like, oh man, I'm selling all my stock, at least for the preseason in in this game, how things have shifted. Isn't it funny? I don't know, because if you think about it, we're really going to see Bryce Young for a series or two, I should say two or three series. Is that going to be enough? Like, Assuming we get a touchdown or we get some points, I don't think it's enough, which means is Matt Corral in this shaky offensive line? Because we will be, you know, really like second, third team at that point with second and third running backs and or receivers. Is that going to be enough to beat this New York Giants team? I mean, the Giants didn't have any issues even with playing with some of their backups last week. I mean, DeVito did get sacked five times, so we know we could get to the quarterback. Maybe it is a battle of defense. I want to see some offense, though. I want to see the Carolina Panthers put points on the board. That's all I ask. Both teams are 0-0. Someone is going to come away with a win. Feels like that episode of Seinfeld where you just go the opposite, and that's what how things work. Oh, man, at some point I am going to have to pick against the Panthers this year. So I'm going to pick yeah, I'm going to pick the Panthers losing this game. That feels terrible to say, but I, th- I don't think I could come on here every single episode and say the Panthers are going to win. I want to, but I don't think that's going to be the case. So my 
Final prediction to close out this week's episode. I've got the New York Giants 20, Carolina Panthers 9. And that's all, folks.